Well, hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Podcast. This is episode 46. We have been uh, interviewing some city council candidates, and unfortunately, um, of the nine I wanted to get on before August 31st, I've not been able to get all nine of them on. Um, and that's unfortunate, but we'll do better. And um, by uh, November, by the November election, we'll have them all on. But this is episode 46. And this one's going to be a little different than ones you've seen already, uh, primarily because this one's going to talk a little more in-depth about something that I know a little bit about, and that is about the state, the Republican State Executive Committee. Uh, On August the 14th, about two weeks ago, the state Republican executive committee met in Nashville at the state Capitol and they, uh, had their meeting that they would normally have, uh, in August. What that means to the people in Knox County is that we've had a couple of folks. Uh, there's a, there's a man and a woman. Let's set it up first. There's 33 state Senate districts across the state of Tennessee. There's a man and a woman in each state Senate district that serves on the state executive committee. It's a man, a, a man position and a woman position. Uh, so 66 people that make up this Republican state executive committee, same way with the Democrat party. So those of you that are Democrats, you're listening, same thing. It's just different party. Okay. So in state Senate district six, um, we had two vacancies. We had the man and the woman vacate, um, before their term ended. It's a four-year term. They're elected at the at the Republican prim- the state Republican primary um, every four years. Um, the woman vacated, and that was Michelle Carringer. She was elected for, uh, three years ago, a little over three years ago. Um, and she vacated because she was elected uh, to the... Um, Last August, she was elected uh, to the, well, actually, I guess it was last November. She was elected to the um, state um, House of Representatives. So she vacated when she took office in January of this year. She vacated the state executive committee because she had to. Um, Can't serve in the legislature and on the state executive committee, I don't think. Anyway, um, she chose to vacate, uh, whether it was mandatory or not. Um the man, Matt Coleman, had resigned because he and his family had bought a, a farm in Loudoun County. So, obviously, uh, he's moved down to the, I believe it's the 5th District, Senator McNally's district. So, there was a vacancy. In May, uh, so there was uh, three people uh, that were on a vetting committee uh, for the man and a, three members of the State Executive Committee um, that were on, on the vetting committee for the other um, and so in Knox County, um, we have, um, folks in Knox County who are either in state center or Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally's district in district five, or you're in state center Becky Massey's district, which is district six, or you're in state Senate district seven, which is Senator Dr. Richard Briggs district. So what they did was they took both uh, Jane Chatterster, who is uh, in District uh, 7, and James Corcoran, who's in, also in District 7. Now, Jane Chatterster, in a previous 
um, four years ago, uh, had served in District 6, but she'd moved to 7. So three years ago, she was elected as the committee woman in District 7. So those two individuals were involved in both committees, uh, vetting the two uh, committees. Now, Amy Jones, who is the committee woman in District 5, in District Five, which is Lieutenant Governor McNally's district, she was on the committee woman vetting committee. And Scott Smith, who's the committee man for District Five, um, was in the um, was on the committee to vet the man. Um, they were prepared in May, as I understand that the committees were, uh, with their recommendations. Their recommendations uh, were uh, for committee woman. Their recommendation was Lena Smith. She's former Miss Tennessee. Uh, she's also the wife of former state representative Eddie Smith. Um, for the committee man, uh, they had recommended myself, Brian Hornback. Um, and I've been a, uh, let's just talk about that real briefly. I have lived in the state Senate District 6 for since 1973. Uh, I've been active in Republican politics since 1982 when I was 16 years old. Uh, cast my first ballot uh, after I turned 18 in November of 1984, which was for uh, then uh, President Ronald Reagan when he um, landslide victory against Walter Mondale. Um, and I've never missed an election, and I've never not cast a Republican primary ballot. Um, so fast forward, that was in, the, the, from what I understand, the committee was prepared in May, uh, but uh, at the May meeting they chose to put it off until August. Sometime around the 1st, the middle of July, the Knox County Re, uh, County Executive Committee, which is the committee that runs the county Republican primate party, um, voted to recommend Elaine Davis, their first vice chair of the county party, and Randy Pace, the immediate past chair of the Knox County Republican Party, uh, to the SEC for uh, those appointments. Now, when you're a member of the state executive committee, you have a vote on the uh, county executive committee. And so what that would have meant was that really there would not have been, instead of having four folks uh, voting on the county executive committee, you'd have two. Um, it just means that, um, didn't mean that Pace got to cast two votes, didn't mean that Elaine Davis got to cast two votes. It just meant that they were just, the county executive committee would have been watered down. Um, so anyway, it goes to, uh, so there, and there were in August the 14th at state executive committee, there was about two or three other state executive committee seats that had to be filled. But uh, when they got to the committee woman, uh, the committee recommended Lana Smith. And um, there was a nomination of Elaine Davis from the floor. So they went to a ballot vote. Uh, and then the committee uh, reported out their recommendation was Brian Hornback and uh, someone from the state committee. Uh, someone motioned um, Randy Pace and seconded that, and that went to a vote. Uh, after the, both votes were cast, they took a break uh, while the committee, a committee of three, I believe it was, counted the votes, and they came back and said that Lana Smith had, had won the election and myself had won. I immediately took the seat. Um, Lana Smith, uh, because of health reasons, could not be there. Um we voted on two things. 
you've read or you've heard that we've eliminated the uh, that the state party has eliminated the opportunity for vouching. That is not true. Uh, if someone if someone qualifies to if someone files a petition to run for any position uh, on the Republican ballot, they need to, in order to have been a bona fide Republican, they needed to have voted in three out of four state Republican primaries. Uh, if they haven't, then they could have invested time or money in order to be what we call a bona fide Republican. Uh, however, there's a provision that allows that if you um, that you can get individuals who are elected officials or party um, officials uh, who are bona fide to vouch for you. Uh, and in a recent, uh, I'm not going to rehash it all, but in a in a recent uh, state representative race here in Knox County, that was brought up. Uh, three elected officials, uh, county mayor. A, uh, a congressman and a um, sitting state senator vouched for someone. There was some controversy about it. Ultimately, he was placed on the ballot. Now, the issue is in the old in, in the old rules to be placed on the ballot, and and, and the one person there was only one person that could rule that someone was bona fide based on those vouches. And that was the state chairman. So the the rules are now changed. You can still have someone vouch for you if you don't meet the criteria. Uh, but instead of just the state chairman uh, vouching for you, uh, it would be the two state executive committee people in the district that you reside in, as I understand it. So if you're in, so if you're a candidate and you're in District Six, you would need to get uh, Lana Smith the state Republican chairman and myself or a majority, which would be two or three to say that, that um, you have met the threshold to be on the ballot. Okay. So that's the change on that. Um, pretty easy. I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, in the past, if someone was challenged, like the previous one that I just mentioned, it went to the entire state executive committee. In my opinion, 66 people plus the state chairman is too many people. I think the people in Memphis don't really give a rat's rear end about what's going on in Knoxville or Johnson City. And the people in Johnson City and Knoxville probably don't give a rat's rear end what's going on in Memphis. So I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, had I been on the executive committee um, and on that particular rules and bylaw committee, then the, I, I had a, I had a, an, an epiphany um, about a month ago about how I think that ought to be done, but we'll save that for another day. If that ever comes up again, then I may uh, present that now that I am a committee member. Uh, the second big issue was the assessment of fees. So if you decide that you want to run for a countywide office, if you're Glenn Jacobs and you want to run for reelection uh, next year, uh, qualifying petitions will be handed out on December the tw 20th. Uh, they have to be returned by February the 17th, and you have until February 24th to uh, withdraw if you want to withdraw. But if you're Glenn Jacobs and you want to run for re-election next, next year, and, on, um, and you go and pick up a petition and you get 25 signatures on it, 
and let's say Glenn Jacobs is pretty quick. He picks it up on December 20th, and he files his uh, petition on, let's say, January the 2nd, because they're not going to be open on January 1st. Then he has seven days after the date that he files that particular qualifying petition to send $100 to the Tennessee Republican Party. It's called an assessment of fine. an assessment of a, what we did as the state executive committee by a vote of 33 to 22, 23, 33 to 22. So there was 55 people there uh, or 55 people that voted. You are allowed proxy votes. Um, so he'll have to pay a hundred dollars uh, is a filing fee to be a Republican or on the Republican ballot. If you don't pay that fee, then the state chairman will notify the um, state chairman will notify the local election commission, and he will um, they will take your name off as a Republican. Um, and so, the, here's the fee structure. Got something flying around in here. Um, the fee structure is for governor and for United States senator. It's five thousand dollars. Um, for U.S. Congress, it's $2,500. For state Senate, it's $1,000. For for the uh, state representatives, it's $500. Partisan judgeships, $500. We're going to immediately come back to that one. For countywide office, it's $100. And to run uh, for county commission or constable, in Knox County we don't have constables, but in uh, to run for county commission, it would be $25. Now, I said we're going to come back and revisit that the partisan judgeships. With judges, they are not allowed to begin. First of all, judges are not allowed to directly or indirect. Well, they're not allowed to directly request or seek funds to run for office. They are not allowed. Uh, they have a committee. They have a treasurer and a committee. Um, and so that, those are the folks that have to ask for campaign donations. They can only do that a year from an election. So um, this past May, the election for 22 is May the 3rd. It's the first Tuesday of May, May 3rd, 2022. So uh, judges was were not able to start asking for money. Their, their, their people, their committee, their, their campaign, whatever, was not able to start asking for um donations and until a year out okay but also in that um you know judges do run as republican and democrat um for eight years ago uh chancellor eddie pride Moore uh beat incumbent democrat chancellor daryl fansler and uh circuit court judge bill ayler beat uh incumbent circuit court judge harold wimberly those those were the last two democrat judges in um, Knox County. Um, so, um, in order now to do that, they have to, um, and, and so they do run as Republican Democrat. Okay. Um, but they're not really allowed to the, the, the ethic, the canons of judicial ethics don't allow them to be directly involved in parties, although they run as a party. Okay. So it's a little confusing. But anyway, so there was some question uh, after we imposed this, 
and the James Corcoran, who's a lawyer in Knoxville, who serves um, in, uh, in on District Seven um, for the State Executive Committee, really carried the carried the weight in talking from Knox County in talking to the state chairman about it. Apparently, a lot of judges have been complained about it across the state. So within the last two weeks, it does appear that the state party will probably rescind the assessment of filing fees for judicial candidates because it's uh, is in somewhat conflict. Well, that's not somewhat in conflict. It's in conflict with the canons of judicial ethics uh, in how they run their campaigns. Where it's a little bit of gray is that the state Republican Party is codified in state language, but you know we're not going to we're not going to we're not going we're not going to fight that fight we're just going to say you know what um we're just going to we're, we're we're probably uh very likely just going to back that out and not charge the judges a filing fee so here's the rationale the rationale is that you know some people call it an incumbent protection tax well it's not really not necessarily true because the incumbents have to pay it too so if you've been in the state legislature for five terms, 10 years, if you've been in the state house, state house is two years, state sentence four years. If you've been in the state house for five terms, 10 years, you still got to pay um, $500 uh, every two years when you're up for re-election. Um, and here's the interesting thing. So they're up every two years. So every every four years, they're paying $1,000, right? Their opponents are having to pay $500 in order to oppose them, okay? Um, state senators have to pay 1000 You th- You say, well, why do the state senators have to pay more than state? Because state senators are up every four years. So, really, it's the same amount of money, okay? Um, so, when they re-up, uh, Senator Briggs is running again next year. He'll have to pay the $1,000. If he has a Republican opponent, he'll have to pay the $1,000. The rationale is that we just don't want, you know, you've had a lot of people. I don't, I don't want to say we don't want because that's that's not at all what I'm saying. You need to have some skin in the game uh, if you're going to run, and if you're if you're going to, you know, just putting your name on a ballot to run for county commissioner just because you like to see your name on the ballot, um, you know, you you should pay a token price of twenty five dollars to run on the Republican ballot. Um, you know, $25 for county commission, $100 for a countywide office is not a lot of money. Um, and, I'll, and, and, you know, if, if you're, if you're running for office and you got to raise $75,000, $100,000 to run countywide, then you should be able to raise some money in order to do that. Um, but here's the other thing the Republican party's come a long ways in, uh, our database, and so those individuals would have access not only to our brand, which is the Republican brand, which is the supermajority brand. Uh, we have, you know, 73 out of 95 state representatives that are Republican, and we have 20-something of the 33 that are um, in the state Senate. Uh, we have both the U.S. Senate seats. We have the, Repu- the governor's uh, seat. Uh, we have... Um, of the nine congressional seats, we have seven. Um, so, um, you know, there is something that's 
when when you're Republican, when you're Republican like me, it's been involved since I was 16 years old, and I'm now pretty old. Um, you know, then that's great, and and I should be able to run. But because of all my involvement, I should be able to raise $100 to run for county-wide office. I should be able to raise $25 to run for county commission. I should be able to raise $500 to run for state rep. I should be able to raise $1,000 to run for state senate. I should be able to raise $2,500 to run for Congress. I should be able to raise $5,000 to run for senate or for governor. Okay? Outside of that, all you're going to get is 25 signatures on a petition and that money. But, you know, it's going to cost you more than those monies to be on the on the ballot. Uh, but again, when you're a Republican, you get the benefits, you get the database, you get the other things. Now, James Corcoran, who I mentioned that serves on, in District 7, uh, the district beside me, made a motion that I seconded and it passed. And that is that if you're a Republican and you're running against a Democrat, a sitting Democrat, or you're running, or they're, you know, if you're running against a Democrat, then you don't have to pay the fees because we want to encourage Republicans to challenge Democrats. So we did begin the pairing process, pairing down process, and that's what we, that's what we're doing on the judges. We're bringing them into compliance so that they don't have a question of 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 the issue now i'm sure if if they or their folk want to want to contribute to the tennessee republican party or the or the not scary Republican party we'll take their money i'm sure i also want to say people say well why did the state executive committee not uh, assess a, a filing fee to to their position very simple the state executive committee is elected every four years um on the Republican primary ballot and on the Democrat primary ballot. And we have to go living in Knoxville. I have to go to Nashville or Murfreesboro uh, for meetings at least once a quarter. That's on me. Uh, whether uh, the gas and the, and the travel over. Uh, and if I choose to spend the night over there, that's on me. Um, and every year we have to join the Capitol club, which is a hundred dollars for the Tennessee Republican party, which I've, I've done something equivalent to that in, in 2019. Brian uh, the, the mothership of the Brian Hornback podcast sponsored a hole at the chairman's uh, golf tournament, uh, in Nashville. So I've continued to make monetary donations to the state party. In addition to that, there's a statesman's dinner every May or June. Uh, and obviously the state executive committee members are somewhat expected to be there. So we're looking at, and already, not only are we spending our money to go to the meetings, to participate in the meetings, potentially uh, giving money to candidates who are running for office, um, can giving time, uh, but we're also giving in excess of $200 a year for the Capital Club and the Statesman's Dinner. So that's why there's not an assessment of fees, filing fees for the uh, SEC, because we're already paying more than we would have had to have paid if we were going to assess filing fees on ourselves. 32 other states have filing fees. Uh, 32 other states, Republican parties, already have filing fees. Uh, so we are, in essence, the 23rd. 
I hope that answers a lot of the questions that are coming up about the SEC in recent days. Uh, I am serving for the remainder of Matt Coleman's term, which will expire after the uh, August 2022 election. Anyone uh, that is a man that would like to run for Republican State Executive Committee man in District 6 is welcome to run next year. Uh, I don't know when the petitions for that will be picked up because that is a that's a state that's a state primary, uh, and so those petitions will be uh, passed out uh, sometime, probably around March or April, uh, with a return date of some uh, sixty days after they're handed out. Uh, so that's where we are with that. So I hope that kind of clears things up. Uh, as always, if you have questions, reach out to me on the social medias, uh, comment on the on the podcast, uh, particularly if you're watching the YouTube. Um, yeah, my email is Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Hornback, H-O-R-N-B-A-C-K.com. So that's Brian, one word, at Brian Hornback, one word, dot com. Um, anyway, those of you that aren't that excited about how the state Republican Party operates, you're not that excited about the state executive committee, I'm sorry that uh, episode 46 of the Brian Hornback podcast has bored you, but I do appreciate you listening. I appreciate you uh, wherever you listen to the uh, podcast, uh, whatever streaming service you use. I thank you for that. Give us a give us a rating. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, like it, share it, subscribe to it. Uh, that's how we grow the podcast. Um, and always uh, check BrianHornback.com. There's stories going up there every day. Sometimes multiple stories a day, depending on what's going on. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. You have a great day, and we will talk at you later.